typically we have cone flower and uh, Jerusalem artichoke and wing stem. Robert Johnson has eased himself down the shallow steps of his back deck into an open field and onto a plastic chair. The wind whips against the microphone Johnson's wearing as he points out the botany surrounding the home he shares with his wife, Forrest, about an hour northeast of Asheville, in the Yancey County community of Silo. Johnson first moved to Silo in 1972. I've got uh, blood cancer, that, uh, and I don't have much longer to live. Right now, I'm fine if I'm just sitting down, but just walking between here and the porch, I get out of breath, I start feeling dizzy, and I, like I might faint, and uh, it's attacked my gut and my kidneys, too. They're giving me between two months and a year to live. So now I'm working with hospice, and, you know, life is great. I mean, what could be better than sitting out here, talking to you, feeling comfortable? That outlook, looking at the brighter side by default, is the bedrock of Johnson's life. But it took him until his 40s to lean into that outlook as an artist. My midlife crisis was happening at that point. I wasn't selling anything, wasn't getting recognition, and I was thinking, maybe I'm in the wrong business. In discussing his early years in art, Johnson draws a zigzag path from right brain to left brain, from East Coast intellectualism to West Coast drug-infused funk art, to what he calls improvisational doodles. The doodle work, my goal, especially after reading Carl Jung, was that if I could go deep enough into the unconscious that way, that I would get to some kind of archetypal level that would be sort of universal. Now I feel like I never got there. None of it found traction with the public. Johnson had already lived in Silo for many years when the mountains right outside his door inspired him to paint bright, utopic, surrealist landscapes. In these paintings, still tethered in spirit to the psychedelic art of the 60s and 70s, Johnson righted a career going nowhere into one that has taken him around the world. Johnson has traveled to New Mexico and New Zealand, Nepal and Nova Scotia, Cuba and Costa Rica, Panama to the Pacific Northwest, Italy, India, and Indonesia. Their national parks have informed his art since the late 1980s. When I was doing these doodle works, I was looking inside myself for these images. And, you know, after a while, it felt like I was just staring at my navel. And connecting with the natural world connects me with something much bigger than myself. And that is the real satisfaction that I get out of it. Nature informs his work rather than dictates it. Johnson paints with colors not quite found in those settings, and his shapes for mountains and trees are more interpretations than representations. Johnson also strives for a flatness of surface and agrees the components of his paintings can look like puzzle pieces. Response to this artwork validated him like nothing he'd ever done. John Cram, founder of Asheville's Blue Spiral Gallery, gave Johnson his first solo show nearly 30 years ago. He started selling them for $500 a piece, and by the end of the show they were selling for $1,200. He'd up the price every time, and the, the whole show sold out. It was like, whoa, that totally blew me away. 
Buoyed by that confidence, Johnson applied for and received a string of grants allowing him to travel up to three months every year to gather material for new series of paintings. Cram flew Johnson to New Zealand to create a new body of work, which Cram showed with pride at Blue Spiral to New Zealand's ambassador to the United States. I stopped applying for grants because I didn't have to anymore because they all sold out and I had enough money to pay for my next trip. And, you know, other people need the grant more than I do. Johnson pins his pronounced artistic shift in part on Silo and the surrounding mountains. Contrasting the heady minimalism of his early childhood on the East Coast and the drug-infused art he made on the West Coast, Johnson found himself in Silo drawing and painting his sense of wonderment with nature. The evolution was gradual, but it proved profound and permanent. I'm not really trying to make art. I'm really just trying to express my experience of what I know and what I love out in nature. And I don't really relate to contemporary art much. And I don't even relate to artists that much. I really relate to botanists and naturalists. And we have a whole lot more to talk about than uh, other artists. That realization stripped Johnson's sense of ego or concern about making art relevant to the wider art world. The irony is Johnson's attraction to buyers only came after he no longer cared to chase them. I was always sort of on the edge of the art world. And, I mean, if you look at art in America, my work doesn't look anything like any, you know. So the the audience for that kind of work is sort of the art connoisseur which is kind of this small group of people that sort of dictates what you should like and shouldn't like. So why even bother catering to them? Before Johnson paints bluebirds, butterflies, streams, a mountainside, or a grove of trees, he often takes photos of them along with extensive notes or sketches from the field. But when he returns to his studio, it's as if he puts all that aside and paints what that nature evokes within him. Drawing on the right side of the brain, you're copying what you're seeing. And what I try to do, and I think makes much more interesting drawings, is uh, you also draw what you know. And drawing what you're seeing and drawing what you know are two different things. For decades now, Johnson has trusted the maps of his soul to guide his way, artistically and otherwise. And when his wife at the time, who was a weaver, discovered CeeLo through a class at Penland School of Crafts, Johnson knew they had found the hippie enclave they had long sought. I think that was the happiest time of my life, were those first few years when we were in CeeLo. It's like, ah, we found paradise. And it's still paradise. It's my home base. It's my soul's home base. Just as COVID-19 began its spread in the United States, Johnson received his diagnosis of terminal blood cancer. He briefly attempted and then withdrew from chemotherapy in the fall. When I got this prognosis, I did a lot of cleaning out to lighten my load, uh, you know, to get ready for dying. And uh, I had eight boxes of journals from the 1980s till today, and I just dumped them all out. Johnson spent the past three years preparing what he sees as the largest exhibition of his career, born from visits to each of North Carolina's 42 state parks. He said he has about 80 works from this series, which premieres in February at the Cameron Art Museum in Wilmington and comes to Asheville's Blue Spiral Gallery in the fall.
I don't feel like I really have any unfinished business that I want to take care of. So I'm glad this show's all ready. I can move on. I don't feel like, oh, I need to hang around so I can finish this show. Still, his desire to paint hasn't ebbed. He's just doing it closer to home. This fall, when there were fall colors out, I'd drive down, find a place I could park the car, to sit in the car and draw and record the colors and stuff and come back and make a painting. So I'm thinking of myself as being retired. In other words, uh, you know, I'm not producing paintings to sell. I'm just doing it because what else am I going to do? <laughs> it's all I know to do and just enjoying it. A few weeks after this conversation, Johnson emailed some upbeat health news to friends and family. He closed the note by writing, it feels like I might be around a little longer than I had thought. I'm Matt Pikin, BPR News.